All right, all right, okay, okay. What is up, everybody? It's LJ Talks Facts right here. with some facts, like always, of course. Hope you guys are doing great here today. It is a beautiful, and I mean beautiful day out here today. It, it feels good to go outside today. It is beautiful out, you know, really sunny, you know, very chill, you know. It feels great. It feels great. Love it. Love to see it. You know, I love to see this great weather. It's awesome. It's seriously awesome. I hope you guys are doing great here today. It's all can walk around the back now. There's no, like, barely any snow. I can walk around freely, you know, without, you know, having to be careful. But I hope you guys are doing great today. I'm doing pretty good, actually, which is very rare. But, you know, it's temporary, obviously, feeling good. It's not going to last forever. So it is what it is. But anyway, this is my AEW Dynamite review episode. It's my AEW Dynamite review episode. And I thought AEW Dynamite was good. It was a good show. You know, to be honest, the card... When you look at it, to be honest, it was kind of meh, the card. But before we talk about the show, somebody signed with AEW. Somebody signed with AEW yesterday. Yesterday morning, the big show, who's going to be known as Paul White, in AEW, signed with AEW yesterday morning. And I was in shock. My friend sent it in the group chat that we're in. And I was like, I thought it was fake at first. I'm like, no, there's no way this is real. No way. I was like, this has got to be fake. Like, you're pulling my leg. And he posted on Twitter as well and tagged me and a couple other people. And then AEW finally posted. And it's real. Paul White, the big show. He's not going to be called the big show, obviously. He is in AEW. He's coming to AEW. I'm like, What? I actually can't believe it. I'm legit in shock. I am legit in shock. I never thought he would leave the WWE after he went back in 2008. I never thought he would leave again. Never thought he would. But he's going back to where it all started, back on TNT when he was the giant, when he beat Hulk Hogan on his first night in WCW for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. So his role in AEW, he's mostly going to be a commentator. So It's called... a. Uh, for the new show, it's called AEW Dark Elevation. Like him and Shivani are going to be on commentary. So that's pretty cool. He's in a new role. Okay, that's interesting. And I heard he is going to wrestle from time to time. Well, yeah, obviously. I'm like, all right, you know, I'm down to see him versus Wardlow, Hobbs, Cage, Luchasaurus. Maybe see him and Hager go at it one more time. You remember when, when uh, Hager was Jack Swagger and when... You know, Paul White was the big show. I remember the mini feud they had back in 2010. You know, the match they had over the limit 2010 was bad. The feud was, you know, it was kind of funny. and It was good, I could say. But the match didn't live up to expectations, obviously. You know, it wasn't that great. But, yeah, those are some dream matches I would like to see Paul White have. You know, like I said, I'm really shocked. I thought he was going to be, like, in WWE for life, you know, after he re-signed with them in 2008 when he went back. Apparently, like, him and Vince had a falling out. Um, you know, like, I think it was, like, before, like, Raw Legends Night or, like, you know, after Raw Legends Night, they couldn't come to a deal with a contract at all, and that's where it all ended. And he's going to AEW. Like, wow. This really caught me by surprise yesterday. And I wish him the best of luck in AEW. It's going to be great because they did say he's going to debut officially next week. So I'm like, all right, cool. It'll be great to see him next week. So now let's review the show. I thought the show was good. So the first match of the night, to start off the show, we had John Moxley versus Ryan Nemeth. And this match, it didn't go on that long. It was kind of a short match. Usually, like, the opening matches they have on Dynamite 
go on a little bit long, but this one really didn't. It was kind of short. I feel like Nemeth had a good performance in this match. He had like a promo from early on in the day. They, you know, he was talking, you know, so it was actually pretty cool. Sounds so much like his brother Dolph, which is like, it's like almost identical. Um, but him and Mox put on a good match. You know, we know Mox is getting ready for a revolution, you know, on March 7th in the barbed wire, the exploding barbed wire death match with Kenny Omega for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. I've been watching highlights of exploding, you know, barbed wire death matches, and I'm like, holy shit. Like, how are they going to do this? This is going to be insane at Revolution. It's going to be it's gonna be crazy. It's like, if you're a child, or if you're a person that has a child, you should not let a child watch this match, because it's going to be crazy as fuck. It's going to be violent as hell. We know that for a fact. It's going to be insane. But Mox and Nemeth, you know, they went a little back and forth. You know, Nemeth got his shit in. But then Moxley dropped him with a paradigm shift. One, two, three. John Moxley gets the win. Decent. I, was, I said it was a good match, but it was a decent match. It didn't last that long, like I said. It was a decent match to start off the show. And we know Nemeth, he's getting that TV time. Eventually, he's going to get a win on Dynamite. You know, he could be a huge underrated star in that company. He really can. He seriously can. We'll see how he does, though. It was a decent match. Mox gets the win after the match. Cut a great promo. He always cuts a good promo, Mox. He just, he talks well. He talks amazing. You know, he's just great when he talks. He seriously is. And this match was really different from Mox, though, because he really, I don't even think he went outside the ring and fought at all. I think it was all inside the ring, which is kind of rare, because usually Mox, you know, fights all over the place, you know. It's kind of great to see Mox just be in the ring and wrestle, you know what I mean? I know it's his style. He goes outside the ring and does his crazy shit, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, Nemeth's not really a threat to him, so he really doesn't have to do that. But he cut a great promo, you know, after the match, you know, talking about when he lost the AW World Heavyweight Championship and how he's got to get it back and getting ready for the exploding barbed wire death match against Kenny. And, you know, he almost said, like, you know, it, it almost seems like... Mox probably is going to go away after this match. Because we know he's not going to win back the title. He's not going to win it back. Kenny isn't going to lose it just like that. It's not going to happen, like, just like that at all. It's just not. I think Mox is going to go away for a little while. Because we know Renee, I'm sure, is pretty due soon. You know, I'm sure Mox wants to be there when it happens, obviously. So, I think he's definitely going to take some time off after Revolution. Probably, like, maybe they'll keep him off until after Double or Nothing. So, he gets a two-month break. You know, he's put this company, he's really put it on his back. When he was AEW World Heavyweight Champion, and when this pandemic hit, you know, like, him and, like, you know, Drew McIntyre and both respectable companies put the companies on their fucking back. And then you could say Roman Reigns has done the same thing as well as Universal Champion. These three guys put the company on their backs in 2020. They seriously did. And it's amazing. But, you know... It's just every time Mox talks, you always have to get intrigued. Every time he speaks, you know, he prints money every time he talks. He just does. And this match is going to be absolutely insane. It seriously is. And I can't wait. I seriously, seriously can't wait. It's going to be... I'm getting giddy thinking about this match. Because it's going to be absolutely insane. I just can't wait for it. But some people think, like, Mox is going to retire. The way that he was speaking... He's very convincing. I was thinking the same thing, too. Like, is he, you know, when all everything comes to an end, I'm like, um, don't tell me you're leaving or, 
retiring. No, 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 you don't get to leave. No, no, you don't. No, 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 no there, mister. You got to stay. <laughs> but yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens, though. It, it really is. You know, I'm really just looking forward to this match. I seriously am. I really, really am. But now the next match we'll talk about right here is a tag team match. Absolute Ricky Starks and the Machine, Brian Cage versus the Varsity Blondes, Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison. This match was awesome. I enjoyed the hell out of this match. Ricky Starks, this give this man a fucking title. This man is awesome. This guy has got it. He has got it all. Ricky Starks could just fucking stand there and not even say anything. I would say, you know what? Give him a fucking title. Because he has got it all, this kid. He seriously does. It almost seems kind of weird having him with Taz. Because, you know, you got, like, big guys like Cage and Hobbs there. So it seems kind of like... Does Starks seem out of place? Not really, because you need someone in that group can talk. And we've never really seen Hobbs talk. Cage really talk. You know, Taz is a manager. Obviously, he's going to talk. Hook hasn't said it. I don't think Hook said, like, one word. You know, so he hasn't said anything. So you need someone in that group who's a wrestler that can talk. And Starks can cut great fucking promos. And he's just amazing in the ring. He seriously is. He is seriously amazing in the ring. You know, Griff Garrison. I like what I saw out of him in this match. You know, and Brian Pillman Jr. He looks really good as well. You know, he's going to be a huge star, Pillman Jr. He's going to be just like his father. I keep praying. I keep praying that he's a world champion in the future. I really, I really hope that he becomes world champion in the future. We know that he's still young. He's got a whole career ahead of him. I think Garrison's definitely younger than him. I think he's like, he, I think that's the guy AEW's like really protecting, like Garrison. Like that's like their homegrown kind of guy. Because people know who Brian Pillman Jr. is. People know who he is. You know, he's, you know, the son of Brian Pillman Sr. He was an amazing wrestler, of course. You know, God rest his soul. You know, and people know him from, you know, NWA and other companies. He's wrestling. People know who he is. Griff Garrison isn't really known. But now being AEW, he's getting known right now. But we know that Pillman Jr., I'm hoping by like 2023 that he's AEW world champion or he's a world champion for some company. Because I don't know if he's officially in AEW. I believe he's like a free agent working for the company. So I don't believe he's actually signed with AEW like officially. I think Garrison is. But now Garrison is. I don't know if Pillman Jr. is. I don't believe that he's officially like with the company. You know what I mean in a way? But I would love to see him win the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. I would love to see that in the future. I really hope it happens, though. I really hope it does. There's a lot of wrestlers in that locker room that are just going to take the company by storm. And Pillman is one of those guys. And so is Starks. So is Starks. Because Starks is just goes out there. Every match that Starks has had in AEW has been phenomenal. He has been phenomenal in the ring. He seriously has. Talking-wise... Wrestling-wise, he's been phenomenal. He really has. You know, and um, with Cage, I feel like, you know, am I as high on Cage as I was before? I mean, Cage really was truly a machine when he came into AEW and he was destroying everybody in sight. Recently, I mean, he hasn't really done as much, to be honest, other than powerbombing Sting last week on Dynamite. What has Cage really done? 
he hasn't really been in the main event scene. Well, well he's been with Team Taz, obviously. He's not. They, they've been in the main event scene a couple times. You know, like, not every week, but, you know, I don't know. I don't feel like Cage is getting, like, misused, to be honest, because not everybody could be world champion. You really can't say, so you can't say if some guy loses a match, oh, they're fucking buried, oh, what the fuck, blah, blah, blah. That's not true. I just would like to see Cage, you know, more, like, in the main event scene by himself. But we'll see. But these guys put on a great match, right? Griff Garrison came in. Fucking, oh, my God. The fucking move that he did, the fucking tope that he did was insane. I was like, holy cow. Like, how the hell did he do that? And he is, like, he's fucking skinny as hell, Griff Garrison, but... And that's not an insult at all. He's very, just very skinny. But he's very good. He's very good. And just what a match this was. And I thought for a second that Griff Garrison and Brian Brian Pillman Jr. were going to get the win. It was very close. But no cigar. But then here came Brian Cage hitting his great finisher. That's a really cool finisher that Brian Cage has. One, two, three... Brian Cage and Ricky Starks get the win. And we know Taz on commentary said like Hook was in the car getting ready to drive. Then they're all going to get drinks after the match. Blah, blah, blah. And celebrate. So then we see a video package. Like the lights go out and then we see a video package. And it's Sting driving a car with Darby Allen in the body bag. And he gets Darby Allen out of the body bag and he smiles. Then here comes Sting with the body bag. And you think Darby Allen's in it. No, no, no. It's Taz's son Hook. And I was like, oh, and then Sting points up to the rafters. And who is it? The TNT champion, Darby Allen, comes in on a zip line and goes in the ring, attacks Cage and Starks. When that happened, guys, I fucking marked out. I'm being so fucking serious. That was so cool to see. To see Darby Allen on the fucking zip line. If you hate on that, then you don't like fucking wrestling. You don't like wrestling at all because that was awesome. Seeing Sting do that years ago and now seeing Darby Allen do it, it's not copying. It's just I'm, I'm sure Darby Allen's not going to do it all the time. Maybe he'll do it very rarely. Maybe this be the only time he'll do it. But that was awesome to see. That was fucking awesome. I was like, wow. I, I had to fucking smile after that. That was fucking great. And like I said, he got in the ring and attacked. Oh, voice crack, excuse me. It attacked Cage and Stark. And then Sting went on the attack, going after Brian Cage. And he was, re- and Sting was moving good. And Sting, we know, is 61 years old. And Tony Khan said he is medically clear to wrestle. He is medically clear to wrestle, he said. So he was going after Cage, hit the Stinger Splash, and then hit the Scorpion Death Drop. Cage sold it beautifully. I was like, wow. And Sting looked good. He looked, he was moving. Not like a young man, but he moved pretty good for his age. I was like, wow, okay. I was really impressed. I seriously was. I got to give Sting his props right there. I got to tip my cap to him. That was that was great. That was great. It seriously was. I legit can't wait for the street fight. Sting is ready to go. He seriously is. That was a test for him right there. He's been tested the last two weeks, you know. Getting powerbombed by Brian Cage and hitting the uh, brr, the Stinger Splash now on Brian Cage and hitting the Scorpion Death Drop. He looks good. He looks good. And it's going to be good, man. I can't wait for this. This was crazy. Everybody thought, because they were talking about bringing the zip line back and they thought like Sting was going to go on. I'm like, 
Sting at 61 years old is not going to do that. So it had to be Darby. You know, and that, it was just awesome to see. You know, and here's the thing, though. I've seen, like, I've seen a couple people talk about, you know, like, um, what Tony Khan said. Like, there's more surprises to come. Like, everybody's saying, like, Ethan Page is going to show up in the Face of Revolution ladder match. Because they said the sixth participant is going to be, is going to show up at the pay-per-view. So it's going to be a surprise. Kind of like how, you know, Brian Cage was, was a surprise in the casino ladder match at Double or Nothing last year. So we'll see who it is. A lot of people are saying it's going to be Ethan Page. One guy I follow on Twitter, uh, you know, wrestling Twitter, fucking awesome guy. Like, he thinks that, like, that uh, Tony Khan has, like, CM Punk in the bag, but they're just waiting for, like, full crowds, and that's when CM Punk will, like, officially make his AEW debut. I mean, can I see CM Punk going to AEW? Yeah, he has mentioned a few guys he'd like to wrestle in AEW, like Will Hobbs, well, Powerhouse Hobbs, uh, Darby Allin, Jungle Boy, Ricky Starks, and Brian Pillman Jr., I think the best match would easily be CM Punk and Darby. You know, I mean, I would love to see those matches happen. You know, there's also rumors maybe like Brock Lesnar jump ship to AEW because Kenny Omega's talking about wrestling him. You know, it's all it's all dream shit. You know what I mean? Like like always like Undertaker and Sting was always a dream that just never came true. I be I mean I'd be down to see Kenny versus Brock. You know, would Brock go to AEW? And people here's the thing you got to realize: the cons have more money than the McMahon, so they can make it happen. They seriously could. I could see CM Punk going there. Brock Lesnar. I mean, right now I'll say like it's in the middle, but most likely no, because you know I I, don't, I just can't see it happening right now. But it still could. It still could. We'll see what happens though. We know there's a lot of surprises coming up this year for AEW. We know that for a fact. But now let's get to the next match right here. Jake Hagar versus Brandon Cutler. When I saw this match was announced, in my opinion, I thought, eh, I mean, I'm going to try to get into this match. I mean, I wasn't too hyped about it when it was announced last week. I'm like, all right, well, we'll see how this turns out, I guess. So, to be honest, they put on a decent match, in my opinion. It didn't last that long, kind of similar to, like, you know, Mox and Nemeth. You know, Brandon Cutler was my first time actually getting to see him wrestle. Because I don't watch AEW Dark. Actually, no, no, I forgot. He actually wrestled MJF on the first Dynamite two years ago. I just remember. I just remember that. I just remember that. You know, ever since then, I haven't seen Brandon Cutler wrestle at all. So I was like, okay, let's see what he's made of. And he put on a nice performance, to be honest. He did. You know, I know him and JR have a little bit of heat. Because, you know, what JR said, like, you know, these wrestlers should take, like, you know, more advice and everything. Should be doing flips and all this shit. And Brandon Cutler... You know, got pissed about it, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But he's just a fucking jobber. He's not going to do shit in that company. He'll get his wins on AEW Dark. When you put on Dynamite, he's not going to win shit. So, I mean, Hager looked good, to be honest. Like I mentioned plenty of times, I defended, I've defended Hager the whole time in AEW. People say, he's boring. Oh, my God, he sucks. He really doesn't. Like I said, he is a wrestler's wrestler. That's what he is. He's not going to do fucking crazy flips and shit like that. He is an old school kind of guy. He's more like a college type of wrestler with the moves that he does. You know what I mean? That's why I like him. You know, I like his moveset. It's pretty good, in my opinion. People could say he's boring, whatever. That's fine. That's your opinion. I just, I just shared mine. But it was a decent match right here. 
I was kind of surprised by the ending because Hager hit like a big clothesline on Brandon Cutler and that actually beat him. I was kind of surprised. I was like, okay, they maybe put him in the ankle lock and he would tap out or something, but no. So Hager gets the win over Cutler, thank God, because I don't like Brandon Cutler at all. I mean, well, I don't like him as a person, as a wrestler, like his character. His character seems like whatever, in my opinion. I think he's he's a decent wrestler, but just a person. He seems like a whiny bitch, in my opinion, you know, especially like, you know, when you got called out by JR and then you get mad about it and you're in your feelings, getting pissed, you're in your bag, getting all mad, then it's whatever. To be honest, that's why the Undertaker's right. This generation of wrestlers is really soft. So, just saying, don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, you know. I don't want anybody to start crying on social media. Oh my god, or whatever. But after the match, Hager was attacking Color, and the inner circle came out. You know, Santana and Ortiz and Warlow, and they were attacking Color. And here came the Young Bucks, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, AEW World Tag Team Champions. And then they called out Jericho and MJF, their opponents for Revolution for the tag team titles. And they said, forget Revolution, get your asses out here right now. And I'm like, okay. So Jericho's music hits. They don't come out. They were backstage because before we saw the Unbucks' parents with the Unbucks, they came in all together for the show. And they took a, and um, the Unbucks took a picture with their father, Papa Buck. So then we see Jericho and MJF backstage. And Jericho looked pretty good. Here's what I love, though, about what they've done with the Inner Circle recently. Because the Inner Circle, when they started off, when they started off, they were serious as fuck. They were never really joking around as much. They didn't really do comedy like that at all, to be honest. With 2020, like when the pandemic really hit, like when the pandemic hit, that's when the Inner Circle became like a little bit of a joke. Like when they did the whole like bubbly bunch thing. And that was kind of funny. When they were all dancing, seeing Hager dance, I was like, okay... You know, they became more of like a comedy kind of group, especially like when Ortiz slipped in the orange juice when he got up and then fucking was rolling around the orange juice when Cassie did that whole shit to the inner circle that one time. You know, they became more of a comedy group in 2020, but recently they've been more serious. Like, that's exactly what they should have been. That's exactly what they should have been. You know, they probably just thought like, oh, let's give them some comedy. It works for a while, but after a while, people just get tired of it. But, you know, Jericho and MJF are talking about, like, you know, why would we come down right now? And they said, are you missing something? And it was Papa Buck who was bleeding. And fucking Jericho and, and Jericho and MJF fucking throw him on the fucking pictures of, uh, like, the, the fucking the truck, like, with Nick and Matt on it. And they throw Papa Buck on Nick and then on Matt. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, shit. That was... That was pretty good, to be honest. That was a really good heel tactic right there. And they fucking did their pose and fucking ran off. And then fucking Matt Jackson was chasing them as they were in the car. And they fucking drove off. I mean, that was a pretty good segment, to be honest. Really good to see Jericho and MJF be serious. Not like, you know, joking around and that type of shit. So it was really nice to see that. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'm really hyped up for this match. I seriously am. Because they also announced... A casino tag team battle royal and Santana and Ortiz are in it. And the winner of that battle royal gets an AEW World Tag Team title match. So that's why I'm really pulling for Jericho and MJF to win the tag team titles of Revolution and for Santana and Ortiz to win that tag team battle royal. 
You know, people, and I hear some people saying like Guevara might interfere in the tag team match, but why would Guevara interfere? It really makes no sense for him to interfere. You say, oh, but yeah, it does. You know, he left the inner circle, but yeah, okay, Jericho said he's dead to him and everything. Yeah, it's true. They they didn't mention Guevara at all on Dynamite um, this week. I wouldn't have Guevara interfere. Like I said, I would give Jericho and MJF the tag team titles just so they could drop it to Santana and Ortiz. Build more into the feud with Guevara and MJF because most likely it seems like that's the match that's going to happen. It's going to be Guevara and MJF. And then maybe eventually with Guevara and Jericho. Maybe like Guevara can cost them the tag team titles against Santana and Ortiz. But I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure if they're going to give it to Jericho and MJF. If I was booking it, I would give the tag team titles to Jericho and MJF just so it creates more tension in the inner circle. And that's how Santana and Ortiz win. You know, like they win the Battle Royal and they get the title match. We'll see how they do it, though. Let's have to wait and see. But next match right here, Hangman Adam Page versus Isaiah Cassidy. You know, I didn't expect this match to be good at all, to be honest. I thought it was going to be kind of like a short kind of match. It went on for a while, and it was a good match. I thought it was a good match, to be honest. Like, Isaiah Cassidy is very talented. We end, I think Mark Quinn is hurt, so we haven't seen him recently. But he's going to be on Dynamite next week. We'll get to that towards the end. Um, I mean, Isaiah Cassidy, he's wrestled a couple single matches. He had a good singles match with Jericho a few months ago. And he put on a good match here with Hangman. Hangman looks pretty good. Here's the thing with AEW. Recently, it feels like every match has just been like, you know, everybody's bringing their A game. You know, the reason why it is is because AEW, you know, you got all these working relationships with every company like NWA and fucking... New Japan Pro Wrestling and Impact Wrestling, you have to bring your A-game every single week. Or else companies are going to pull out of deals with you guys and, you're gonna, and they're just going to be like, no, nah, fuck this shit. We're not going to do this clown shit. That's why you can see, maybe that's why the inner circle is getting more serious. They're not throwing out much comedy with them because, you know, I, 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 maybe I'm wrong, but we'll, I don't know. I, I don't know. But Matt Hardy, big money Matt Hardy, actually got thrown out from ringside during this match. You know, he fucking... Threw Hangman to the ring post and Hangman banged his shoulder. And he was selling a shoulder injury. And the Dark Order came out. John Silver and Alex Reynolds of the Dark Order came out. And fucking, you know, they got Matt Hardy tossed. And we know TH2 was at ringside, but they didn't get involved in this match at all. They were just there. Angelico and Jack Evans. Like, I keep vouching for Angelico to turn on Jack Evans and just go on his own. Hopefully it happens soon. I just want to see Angelico be on his own. Like, come on. Give this guy a fucking chance to be by himself. Because I'm very high on him. I seriously am. But Hangman and Isaiah Cassidy put on... They put on a good match. They seriously did. You know, like I said, Isaiah Cassidy is very young. He's very talented. You know, him and Mark Quinn, prior party, they're going to be tag team champions pretty soon. I can definitely see it happen very soon. Whether it's winning the Impact Wrestling Tag Team titles, maybe they bring in... Whatever, whatever other titles they can bring in. They might, they might bring in the TNT tag team titles. They might create those eventually. It makes sense to do that for because you have all these tag teams. You have all these tag teams. It gives more opportunities if you have like TNT tag team titles. You know what I mean? They could do that. I don't know if they will. Do they, do they really want to do that? And we'll see though. Hopefully, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing it though, to be honest. I wouldn't mind it. You know, we didn't see Matt Hardy come out at all. He just, he stayed away, obviously, because he got tossed from ringside, so he didn't come back. 
And I actually liked the uh, the finisher Hangman did because, you know, he was selling, you know, the shoulder injury, so he didn't do the buckshot Larry. He did Deadeye on fucking Isaiah Cassidy, which is actually a really cool move. Beat him one, two, three. So Adam Page got the win over Isaiah Cassidy. And after the match, Big Money Matt Hardy, you know, he was talking. He was, like, thinking, like, where the hell is he? They didn't show him on the screen. He was just talking, like, how he's going to make Hangman pay. He's going to hurt every member in the Dark Order. And he uh, took out number five, Alan Angels, and fucking did the same thing he did to, like, to him. They did, like, fucking to Guevara on Saturday Night Dynamite back on August 22nd of last year. We fucking just, like, grabbed him, tossed him, and fucking threw him on the table. And he went right to the table on Angels, and I was like, Jesus Christ, okay. I'm really hyped up to see Hangman versus Matt Hardy Revolution. I've been vouching for that match for a while. I was like, okay, are these two going to wrestle one-on-one? Is it going to happen? I was thinking maybe it's going to be like a multi-man tag team match. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's got to be Hangman versus Matt Hardy one-on-one, please. And we're going to get that, obviously, a revolution. But a good match between Hangman and Cassie. It was a good match. Alright, and then here's a match we gotta talk about. I thought it was good, to be honest. It was better than expected, but the result I despise. So it was the Native Beast Nyla Rose versus Britt Baker DMD in the Women's Eliminator Tournament. And they and they showed the other matches from Japan with the tournament, obviously, and the matches that were on YouTube and the American side as well. And we know on, uh, on Sunday on Bleach Report, it's going to be uh, Riho versus Thunder Rosa in the tournament. They're also doing like a six-woman tag team match and the other, you know, match on the Japanese side. So I'm like, all right. I mean, I, I like this match, to be honest. Like I said, it was way better than expected. But the result bothers the shit out of me. It really does, because... These two, they seriously put on a good performance. Like I said, I didn't expect this match to be good at all. Because Nyla, you know, she hasn't really had that many great matches in AEW. You know, the best match she's had definitely was against Riho back on, uh, what was it, February 12th of last year. When she won the AEW Women's World Championship, they put on an amazing match. Especially the size difference, they put on a fucking amazing match. They really did. Other than that, the matches have been kind of just, eh, they've been just meh, in my opinion. That's just how they've been. But these two put on a good match. You know, Britt Baker, DMDs, you know, she's really fucking improved in the ring so much, like I mentioned plenty of times. She's always great on promos. She's fucking so awesome. I fucking love this girl so much. She's amazing. She really is. She can gain so much fucking heat by just talking. Which is amazing how much heat she fucking draws. It's amazing. It really is. We did see Rebel at ringside, you know, doing her stick, you know, get involved, trying to get involved and that kind of shit. Um, I really just want to see Britt Baker go on her own, to be honest. I really feel like she doesn't need Rebel there, you know, because she hasn't really benefited from having Rebel there, in my opinion. She hasn't. She seriously hasn't. I feel like she's just going on her own. But this match was back and forth and back and forth. Britt Baker trying to get the lockjaw on Nyla Rose and she couldn't do it. You know, she was desperately trying and trying and trying. And I'm like, fuck, come on. I want Britt Baker to win so fucking badly. You don't understand how badly I wanted her to win. And then Nyla does the beast bomb on her and it took her a while to pin Britt Baker. 
And then she kicks out. I'm like, oh shit, so she has a chance. She legit has a chance. And like I said, this match was good. It was a good match. But then, right as Britt Baker's getting back up, Nyla hits another beast bomb on her. One, two, three. So Nyla Rose has advanced into the next round of the tournament. <sighs> I'm, I'm legit pissed about that. This was definitely the worst part of the show. I have nothing against Nyla at all. I have nothing against her. When, I, when she won the AEW World Heavyweight Championship, when she won the AEW Women's World Heavyweight Championship, I was happy for her. I was. I really was. But Britt Baker, she needs the AEW Women's World Championship. I know you could say, oh, but then, okay, she, maybe she'll just win it at double or nothing in May then. Like, they're just doing this whole tournament maybe to do Sheeta versus Riho or Sheeta versus Yuka. Okay, fine. But I want to see Britt Baker win the fucking title. I know I don't want to be in a rush, but I know things take time. But she needs that title. It's her division. And you know Chris Satlander is going to be coming back soon. You know, give Britt Baker the fucking title. I really thought this was going to be her time when she was going to face Sheeta and get revenge against Sheeta for breaking her nose back in April of last year. I was so pulling for her in this match. I really fucking was. I really am mad that she lost. I am seriously am. And I usually don't get mad at things AEW does, but this shit pissed me off. Like I said, I'm not knocking the match. I thought these two put on a great performance. They did. They seriously did, but I am really legit pissed that Britt Baker didn't win. It's like I said, now it's either going to come down to Sheeta versus Riho or Sheeta versus Yuka. That's what's going to come that's who it's going to come down to. They're not going to do Nyla and, and Sheeta again. They won't do that. You know, they won't do that at all. I, I mean, I can't see them doing Sheeta and Thunder Rosa again. They could. And maybe they give Rosa the title. But I kind of doubt it. And then maybe Rosa drops it to Britt Baker. But I think Sheeta's going to retain whoever she faces at Revolution. I am disappointed, but I'm still going to support the match. I think, you know, whoever she faces, she'll put on a good match with. You know, Sheeta's still my girl, but it's Britt Baker's time. It's her time. That's what I'm hoping... Now you look at the double or nothing now in three months. I hope that Britt Baker has a one-on-one title match. I really hope that she does. Please, for the love of God, give her that title match soon. She needs that title. I don't want to sound like a whiny fucking fanboy, but I love Britt Baker. She needs that title. I've been a fan of her since I started watching AEW. I really didn't know most of the wrestlers in AEW. When I started watching, obviously, you know, you could say I sound like a casual. That's fine. But when, you know, I first, you know, saw her and then when she turned into a heel, you know, like an obnoxious type of heel. And when she improved so much in the ring, I've been high on her ever since. I know her time will come. I know, I know her time will come. I know that it will. It's just not now. Things take time. I'm not trying to rush it, but... Let's see what happens, though. All right, so now we look to next week. AEW Dynamite, the crossroads. So Chris Jericho and MJF will hold a press conference for what they did last night. Paul White, a.k.a., you know, 
the big show will be making his AEW debut. You know, I kind of I kind of have a feeling what he's going to do. I'll bring it up in just a second. We also got Max Caster, Platinum Max Caster versus number 10 Preston Vance in a ladder match qualify in a ladder match qualifying match at the war the fucking should just put qualifying ladder match. I don't know why they fucking put it like that. That's the 434. Jesus Christ. Fucking Making me sound stupid right here. Well, I usually do sound stupid, so it doesn't really matter. That match should be interesting because I saw somebody like complaining like on the, the AW like page. Oh, how come we're not getting Pack versus Seidel? Well, it gives because Pack and Seidel are known stars. It gives Platinum Max Caster and Preston Vance a chance to really prove themselves. You know, one of these guys are going to get on pay per view in a ladder match for a chance at the TNT Championship. So it's big for their careers. That's what people want, right? You want new stars. That's what you're getting right here. So be happy with it. Jesus Christ. What are you complaining about? We know uh, Jurassic Express, Marco Stunt, uh, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy will be facing FTR, Dax Harwood, and Cash Wheeler, and Tully Blanchard for the first time in 30 years, I say. Tully Blanchard's finally getting back in the ring at 67 years old. And for his age, he's done a couple moves. He's actually moved pretty good. We know he's going to be very limited in this match. He's probably mostly going to go after Marco, which makes sense. You're not going to put him against, have him go up against Luchasaurus or Jungle Boy. I mean, I don't think he'll be able to keep up. Marco, he could do fine with. Just hopefully they don't do any goofy shit. And I hope my guys FTR win. So that'll be nice. We got the Dark Order versus Big Money Matt Hardy and Helico. Jack Evans and Private Party next week. So it'll be a 10-man tag team match. I believe that'll be the first match of the night. So... It'll be nice to see what happens there. And we know for our main event, Shaq and Jade Cargill versus Cody Rhodes and Red Velvet. And they showed a video package for this match. They showed a video package for FTR and Jurassic Express, which was really good. And this video package for Shaq, Cargill, Cody, and Velvet was great. It was great. You know, this match, we know that it's not going to be great. We know that it's not. We really know it's not going to be that good. But they're really hyping it up as like a really good match. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the match turns out to be good. We know Shaq is very limited, but Cody Rhodes is one of the best in the business, so he can make it work. We know that for a fact. He can make it work. So it'll be very interesting to see how this match goes. It will. It'll be seriously interesting to see how it goes. Um, but yeah, the video package is really good. Jay Cargill, I'm very high on. To be honest, whoever wins this match, I believe Cody and Red Velvet are going to win. I can't see Cody losing to Shaq because that will be on his record losing to Shaq. So I can't see that happening. I believe, though, we'll see Jade Cargill versus Red Velvet at Revolution, though. We should see that. That would be a good match to see. And also for Revolution, they announced that uh, Miro and Kip Sabian are going to face Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. So I'm like, with that, I'm kind of disappointed because I wanted to just see Miro versus Orange Cassidy. But... Whatever, I guess. Hopefully Miro and Sabian win. They better. Um, But yeah, with this match here coming up next week in the main event, I think Paul White's going to get involved. I think like Shaq's going to get in his way during Paul White's debut in AEW. And that's what's going to happen. Maybe like backstage, they confront each other. Like Shaq maybe like bumps into him. And like they like stare at each other, something like that. And I believe when the referee's not looking, like Shaq's going to try to do something dirty, and then Paul White's going to come out and knock him out. 
That's what I feel like is going to happen. That, that's what I feel like is going to happen right there. Because, you know, Shaq pulled out of the match. He was supposed to have with Big Show at WrestleMania 33. Even though it was never official, but, like, Shaq, like, pulled out of the deal. So I could see it happening. I definitely could. That's what I feel like is going to happen. But, like I said, I'm going to give this match a chance. We'll see how it turns out. It's luckily, thank God they're not doing it on pay-per-view. They'll get it out of the way. But now we get to our main event of the evening. What a match this was. Ray Phoenix versus Lance Archer. And the winner gets a spot in the Face of the Revolution ladder match. These two fucking delivered. With the size differential in this match. With Lance Archer being a fucking monster. And Ray Phoenix obviously way smaller than Lance Archer. These two put on a great match. They seriously did. Ray Phoenix, man... He, you know, I know this might be reaching, but he might be the best. He might be the best talent in all of wrestling right now. And some people may disagree, but you just see the way this guy goes. This guy is fucking insane. And I'm not trying to bring up WWE, but here's the thing, though. If he was in the WWE, Ray Phoenix, his moveset would be so limited. He would not be doing the crazy shit that he's doing right now. He would be so limited to his abilities. That's not a shot. But it's the truth. It's just the truth. The way this guy moves. He moves like a cat in the ring. He's got speed. He is insane. He's the best luchador other than Rey Mysterio, obviously. Like right now, Rey Mysterio is older. He might be the best luchador on the planet. He could be the best, like I said, he could be the best ring talent on the fucking planet. He seriously could be. It's very debatable. But you see the way this guy moves in the ring is amazing. It is amazing the way this guy moves. Like, you know, eventually he's really going to hurt himself the way that he moves. He's got to chill a little bit, but he's just got adrenaline. He's just like, every match he puts on, he puts his fucking heart into it. And I'm not saying no, no other wrestler does, but Ray Phoenix, this man gives a shit. Like, oh my God, he puts on great match after great match after great match. And hopefully he's a world champion in the future. He definitely could be. You know, he is really good. Like I said, he's better than his brother Penta. That's not a shot at Penta. I like Penta, but Ray Phoenix is the star in the Lucha Brothers. He just is. He just is. He's the star. He's the star there. He's where the money's at. You got to invest. You got to invest in Ray Phoenix. You just have to. He's just too damn good. We know that for a fact. But Lance Archer put on a great performance. Like One of the best parts in this match when Ray Phoenix jumped over Jake the Snake Roberts and landed on Archer. I was like, holy shit. Because Jake the Snake got involved and threw Ray Phoenix off the top rope. And then Ray Phoenix basically got revenge by jumping over Jake the Snake and landing on Archer. I was like, oh my God. And Jake the Snake, he looks good. It's always good to see him look good. Because, you know, he's been through a lot in his life. You know, reading his story, you know, and, you know, he, well, hearing his story, obviously, has broken my heart. You know, obviously, hearing the shit that he's went through in his life, just to see him in good health is always a great sight to see. It always is. But these two, what a killer of a match it was. It was definitely like David versus Goliath. It really was. It had the feel to it. And I enjoyed the hell out of this match. Fucking loved it. Fucking loved it. It really picked up a lot towards the end as well. And for a second, I thought maybe Ray Phoenix was going to win. But Lance Archer, 
and, and fucking well, I really popped the matches when they did a fucking Spanish fly. That was fucking awesome. But right there, towards the end, right there, Lance Archer grabs Ray Phoenix, hits the blackout. One, two, three. Lance Archer is going to be in the ladder match at Revolution, face a Revolution ladder match for a chance at the TNT Championship. You could say the wrong man won because, to be honest, I wanted Ray Phoenix to win. Did I want Archer to win? No, in my opinion. I wanted Ray Phoenix to win to see him and Penta really go at it as well in that match. But I'm happy for Archer. I like Archer. I've liked him ever since he came into AEW. So I don't mind him winning. I would have rather Ray Phoenix, but I'm not going to complain. We know it's going to be a great match at Revolution in the latter match. You know, I don't think Lance Archer is going to win. I feel like Lance Archer is going to challenge Kenny Omega pretty soon. Because we know Kenny's going to retain against Mox. I'm not trying to make it sound obvious, but Kenny's not losing. We know Mox is probably going to go away for a little while. That's fine. But I could see Kenny versus Archer happening. And maybe, just maybe, Lance Archer wins the world title. Because he failed against... He has failed a lot, Archer. He failed against Cody win the TNT title. And then he's failed against John Moxley trying to go after the AEW world title. But then he has another chance now if he faces Kenny. That's why I feel like it's going to be the long-term plan. I feel like we're going to get Archer and Omega down the line. And that's who... That's for right now, I feel like that's who Omega's going to drop it to in the future. That's who I feel like he's going to drop it to. For right now, that's how I feel. Things could change, but that's how I feel. But these two, great main event. It was great. It was seriously great. Nice one-on-one match. That's the first one-on-one match. Um, that's the first singles match we've seen on Dynamite for a while. The last time we saw a one-on-one main event match, there was um, fucking, what was it, like Darby Allen and Brian Cage for the TNT title, I believe. That's like the last one-on-one match we saw. It's been a while. But, no, nah, they put on a great match, though. I really enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to next week. I'm looking forward to the next week, you know, obviously, especially with Revolution coming up. It's going to be fun. It is going to be fun. Great episode. Enjoyed the hell out of it. I'm hyped for next week. I seriously am. All right, guys. I hope you guys enjoy this episode right here. I will talk to you guys, barring any uh, news that happens in sports. I will uh, talk to you guys on Saturday with my WWE Friday Night SmackDown review. You know, Raw was okay. Dynamite was good. We'll see how SmackDown is tomorrow. I expect SmackDown to be good. I do, so it better be. All right, guys. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your night. Stay safe. Stay well. Stay healthy. And I'll talk to you guys on Saturday. All right, guys. Talk to you then. Good night.